everybody. Welcome to this week's Just for Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's episode, I'm talking to Bella Thorne. The 23-year-old former Disney star has just released the video for her latest track, Phantom, with visuals inspired by the works of Guillermo del Toro, Tim Burton, and the TV classic The Twilight Zone. The song is an anthem about breaking free from men who are too controlling and lead with jealousy rather than with their heart. Never one to shy away from living her truth, Thorne opened up to me about her battle with depression, coming out as pansexual, and her dreams of winning an Oscar. I'll have Thorne coming up after this quick break. Get ready for a -a one-of-a-kind event you don't want to miss. Variety's Entertainment Marketing Summit, presented by Deloitte. Register now for this free virtual event, featuring powerful conversations with brand leaders from companies such as Disney, Amazon Prime Video, iHeartMedia, TikTok, and more. They'll discuss the entertainment industry's evolving digital trends, storytelling strategies, and new platforms to deliver marketing messages. Registration is free, but required for virtual access. So visit variety.com slash marketing summit now. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I caught up with Bella Thorne over Zoom from her home in Los Angeles. Oh my Hi, God. Bella. I love your outfit. Those glasses matching the your bow tie. You know, it's, it's my work. Good. I call it my work drag. Oh, I love it. I love those <laughs> glasses. Are they like the tortoise shell, but with purple or something? They're Yeah, they're like bluish. They're from, uh, what's the War- Warbly Parker? Easy piece. I like your hair. It's on fire. I just got it done uh, like two days ago. So Bella, let's talk about this music video. I'm getting all like Shape of Water vibes. Yes, yeah, that was one of my big, uh, Guillermo del Toro in general is a huge inspiration for me along the lines of Tim Burton and as well as Twin Peaks and Twilight Zone. Those were like my four main references and I wanted to really pay homages to some of my favorites. So when I was thinking about the video and how I wanted to write it and direct it, I wanted to find a way to the, the story that I'm preaching is a story we've heard for a long time, right? It's mm-hmm. not that that is very new. So what I wanted to do was there's so many normal, thought about, been there, done that ways mm-hmm. to show this story. And I just never really fucked with those ways. So I was just trying to think of like, hmm, how do I tell the same story, but in a very intriguing way that makes you think throughout the video. I don't want Mm. this to be an easy thought. I don't want you to just get it like that. I want you to be watching the video and go, wait, what? Hold on. Do I have to go back and watch it from the top again? Like, you know, it should be that kind of feel. Uh, And I think luckily it, it has had that vibe on people. Everyone who watches it is like, Really, me? <laughs> like, yes. <yeah. laughs> so, tell tell us the story of Phantom, the inspiration, where it came from. Well, around the time, I was having a lot of friends going through this issue. Like, two of my friends and someone else who were all dating someone that was telling them what to do, how to dress, who to be, all these controlling things. Um, can't go out with too many friends. Where are you going? I don't believe you're going out with just your girls. I think there's guys there and you're lying to me. And just all this stupid shit where you'd be like, damn. (laughs) And when we were in the studio, I was like, this 
is what we got to write about. We got to write mm. about this realness because everyone be going through this shit in a relationship. So, so tell us about how that story plays out in the video. Well, you start with me in this room. Um, have you watched? You haven't watched it. Yes, of course. Oh, yeah. Shape, okay. of, shape of water. Remember, okay. shape of water. <laughs> um, and you start with me in this room, right? And throughout the story, we basically throughout the story, our monster character is stalking me. He's watching me from inside his cubby. He's, you know, watching me. He's looking for me. He's looking for me at the party. Where am I? He can smell me. And throughout it, it's like basically my character's breakup anthem. Fuck you. Get lit with my friends. It's time. I'm done with you. And that's uh, so why I love him eating like the chips at the end. It's one of my favorite parts where he's trying <laughs> to eat it with his claws. <laughs> so funny. Um, and when he's like, what she got that I don't got? Like, you know, even that is such a small part in the video. And I think it's quite important because it shows that like, I'm not dating Melina in the video. We're just mm -hmm. friends. We're hanging out in the car. She's on stage. It's rock star shit. Like, and him, for him to watch that and still say, what does she have that I don't have? I think it's so important. It's a really small part, but I hope people catch it because that is the realness of the situation. You know, you're, you're just hanging out with your friend and then this person comes in and it's like, oh, you guys are fucking, you're dating this and that. And you're like, okay, whoa, 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 slow down. <laughs> and then I love how we brought it back at the end. I think it was super important to show the note. Mm -hmm. I think you're really wondering, well, what the fuck is this? No, you know, and I'd love to close up the monster hand in the note oh, when the camera spins on it. Oh yeah, it's my shit. Do you remember the first time you were in a relationship like that and what it took for you to say, you know what, I'm done, I'm out of here. And was that a hard move to make? I remember the first time someone was trying to tell me how to dress and I told him right there, if you're going to tell me how to dress, then we're never going to date. Because we weren't even fully like in a relationship yet. We mm -hmm. were just going out and dating. And he was like, what? 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 Uh? And I would say, no, I'm serious. Like this, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. I remember after that, like he let me wear what I was going to wear that night. Didn't say one word peep. And then another time it happened before we were in a relationship. And I was like, that's it. I, I was serious. And now you've done it again. So now I'm going to walk. And then he never did it again after that. And yeah, um, he convinced me that he wouldn't and that, uh, you know, I could be my free self um, and yeah. And then we still dated for a long time, but mm -hmm. I remember the feeling of, okay, hold on. I've, I've seen a lot of people do this. I've heard this a lot. I've seen it in movies. My friends go through it. I am not about to go through this shit right now. I'm just going to cut you off and let you know that I'm not doing it. If you still want me, cool. But if not, let me leave this room right now because I'm going to waste my time with you. Where, where does that strength and that conviction come from? Interesting question. I don't know. I, I've always had this strength throughout relationships in life when I'm doing something fucked up in a scene and I'm like, God, I just am like so emotionally like tattered from the scene. 
but I'm gonna get up and do it. I remember when I shot on my father's death day, on my on the anniversary of my real father's death, I shot a scene where my character finds her father dead. Um, and I've also done this twice on another movie. I did I Still See You and on my father's death anniversary, I had to shoot a scene where my father is, where my character is talking to my father in heaven. And it's like on both of these days, right? The director comes to me and they're like, hey, we don't, we can move this scene to tomorrow. Yeah, I understand if you want to. And uh, I was just like, no, we're doing it today. It's on the schedule. We're not wasting time. We're not moving it. I'm doing it. And whatever pain I'm about to experience right now, I'm just going to use it. And that's just it. And I think that that strength throughout my life, putting myself in uncomfortable positions, being able to make my, like make out of them okay emotionally. I think that that's, really made me strong throughout all my relationships and all of my friends and you know uh just knowing that i can do something and that i can stick to my word i don't need you to kind of try and convince me that my word isn't gucci here i'm gonna stick to it because i believe it and yeah i think that's probably where because i don't know where else unless it's from my father's side because he's very like no (laughs) (laughs) um now let's talk about the actual visual of the video is that are we watching how bella's brain works because i mean obviously you could tell from behind me i'm all about colors and i'm not you know i'm not a beige kind of guy um is that how your brain works because it's so just visually stimulating in every direction definitely i think that well I, when I put out my book, The Life of the One Logo, I'm writing the second one right now, and Mental Disarray is what the first one's called. And mm-hmm. if you look at the book, I literally say, like, this is what the inside of my brain looks like. And it's disheveled. Shit is everywhere. <laughs> Thoughts are coming out from random places and orifices I didn't even know I had. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it really, it really works its way into my professional life for sure. Like whenever I'm doing videos, whenever I'm writing, uh, it's just so like I'm just like, how do we push this and me be so visually? <sighs> watching it to be so visually like I don't know the word like in awe like Mm. how many things I I remember when I was writing the monster the chase scene right and Mm -hmm. I'm like well he can't just chase me he's got to chase me in a spotlight with my 40s hair (laughs) (laughs) I'm like visually in slow-mo with the 40s hair and the 40s makeup in the spotlight running being chased with hands coming into the frame like this is a very specific thing right and at the last minute we were over time we were over but man we were over budget and (laughs) and i'm all self-financed so (laughs) i'm the one looking at the budget being like guys (laughs) we are really over budget here but at the last minute they were like we got to cut the spotlight we can't do the spotlight and i was like no no literally we can't shoot this scene without the spotlight the spotlight just brings this extra level of visual like beautifulness is what I love about Guillermo del Toro's work is he finds romanticism in all of his characters and in all of his scenes he finds an amazing way to romanticize pretty much everything but still leaving it dark and in its place and I just it's fucking genius like I love Guillermo del Toro he's just he's amazing 
So you said you're working on a second book. What's the second book going to be about? Because you really put yourself out there with the first one. Um, yeah, the second book, I figured out the name. I haven't told it anybody. I'm going to tell you right now because I love the name. I think that I should call it mental rehab since the first mm -hmm. one is mental disarray. And the second book will take me a much longer time to write. I actually wrote the first book in two and a half weeks while I was filming Paradise City. I was on the set of Paradise City, <laughs> which is number one on all platforms. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I wrote it on my typewriter on set and I'm just walking around on set between my scenes with my fucking huge ass typewriter <laughs> trying to write this book. And I like to do things very quickly. And with this book, I was like, I just cannot. I have to write it over maybe two years because mm. the book is about, it literally is the name, it's mental rehab. And there's, you know, all these things that I talk about in the first book that is, you know, so quite dark and everything. And with the format of this book and, you know, the messiness of the last one, I'm going to completely change the format so that at the beginning of the book, you can see how mental disarray I was still in in mental rehab. And then by mm. the end of the book, everything's so much cleaner and in place like my brain should be by the time I'm at the end. And mm. it's just gonna be about me working on so much shit, like mentally, finally, this will be my first time ever going to therapy as well this year. It's on my list and I have my first therapy session on Monday. Wow. Yay. So I'll be writing a lot about that and just the mental changes I wanna make to grow. Like, you know, I just don't wanna be myself just myself here. I, I want to be this better version of myself that I know I can be. And I just need to do the mental work to, to get to that place that, that I want to be, which is happy, not always dealing with depression <laughs> mm -hmm. and like, <sighs> it's a small, like, there's so many things in the book that I'm writing about of small things that we do in conversation every day. You know, when someone says something and one of the things I always say is like, uh, oh yeah, no, no, let's do this. Instead of, do you want to do this? Is mm. this a good idea? What do you think? I'm always like, oh yeah, no, let's just do this. Like, this is cool. And this is one of these things that I want to change about my mental, where my brain goes, you know? Mm. I want to just change things that I do and that I say and yeah, like uh, there's there's so many things like this that are that are small, but that make a big difference. Mm -hmm. I think in mm -hmm. your relationships and your everyday conversations. Are you nervous about going into therapy? Yeah, yeah, I'm nervous. I've also I think I'm nervous because you hear so many bad stories about therapists, like mm -hmm. oh, oh, and this therapist and oh man, I was thinking this thing and it totally fucked me over. Like, you know, I've, I've heard some therapists, there's one friend that uh, I, I heard a therapist say to her about her relationship. He was like, well, if you're more comfortable there, like he has the car, he has the house, just stay and stop making such a fuss. And I was like, no. What? I was like, that's not a good idea. I was like, I don't care what your therapist said. That is not true. You don't stay with this person because it's comfortable. Like, right. so I'm, I'm nervous about that. Although of course I'm only going from high recommendations of people that I trust that, you know, but 
<sighs> speaking, like talking and uh, talking about the dark shit. Like, and then three days after you're still thinking about all the things that you talked about. Like, I just don't want it to mentally like, while it's fixing me, I don't want it to mentally crush me so many times in the process of getting fixed. Although I, I fear that that's exactly what I'm going to have to do. Cause that's kind of the only way to get past your own personal pain is by going through it. How have you been doing mentally during the pandemic? <sighs> yeah, no, it's definitely been very difficult. I think we're all really experiencing it in so many different ways. And um, what it has given me, I will say that I'm thankful for is time at home, time with my family. Um, time with my dogs <laughs> and time to think about myself and you know when when you run 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 every day and you never stop for water like dehydrated as fuck so you run and that's kind of how I feel about like oh I love work so much that work is like it just <sighs> I can't not work I can't mm -hmm. take a vacation mentally and be okay with that like I have this mentality another thing I want to work on and COVID has luckily given me time to think about this mentality and mm -hmm. not literally waking up every day at 4 a.m to go to set and finishing at you know 10 o'clock at night and going back home and doing the same exact thing every every day for months it's I can wake up at a normal time and think and lay in bed and think about my life decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but you have good news. You got engaged. <laughs> is, that the, is that the engagement dance? This is the engagement dance. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy. And he did it on our movie that we did together, which is his first time ever acting and my first time working with someone that I've dated. And it's just such a big first for us, especially for our relationship to see how we can actually really work together on set, mm -hmm. talking about this stuff, going through these scenes, going through hard scenes. like, And it was such a great testament to our relationship to really just see how easy it is for us to mentally give and take from one another and get on the same page and uh then when we were doing reshoots in spain uh he yeah then he asked me on set it was very very cute it was <laughs> <laughs> so i do have to ask is your wedding planning going to look like something like the video or are you gonna shock us and you're gonna be that traditional bride in a white gown with a long train and, you know? Oh, really, really good question. Luckily, <laughs> my mom, she just got engaged before me and her wedding's at the end of the year. I'm helping her plan it and everything. Oh, wow. I don't even know what I want at my wedding. I've never even thought about like, what do you want at your wedding? Like <laughs> nothing. And, now I'll luckily get to get through the process so much with her and helping her pick things and uh, organizing the event that I'll learn so much more by the time it comes to our wedding. And because we're doing two weddings, one in Italy and one right. here, because obviously he lives in Italy. 
And so uh, it's going to be a lot. I think the Italy one, I will say, will probably be more like flying in crazy things to like, you know, just like craziness, basically. Performers, like, let's have some fucking fun. And then I feel like maybe the American one might be a little bit more serene and a bit mm -hmm. more traditional. Not that anything with me ever is <laughs> 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 but like a bit more. I know what I want for a fact is I want hanging, dripping flowers and vines everywhere. Every orifice of every surf, everything. I don't care where they don't fit. Fit them! <laughs> like literally, I know that for a fact. Now we're going to take a short break with a look inside this week's Just for Variety column. If you haven't watched the great pottery throwdown, then you've been doing something wrong. It is my latest obsession. Just the other day, I got the chance to catch up with Judge Keith Brimer Jones. The celebrated potter tells me that both Bruce Springsteen and Dolly Parton are fans of the show. In fact, when a photo of Springsteen was used for one of the challenges, he gave producers his direct number if any of the contestants needed his help or had any questions. As for Dolly, well, I don't want to spoil it, but watch the show and you'll see just how much Dolly Parton is a fan of the great pottery throwdown. Check out more of my chat with Jones in this week's Variety or at Variety.com. Now here's more of Bella Thorne. So music-wise, who are you dying to work with? Who... Tomorrow, if they said you could work with anybody, who would it be? Childish Gambino. Why is that? Because besides to work with him, if I could pick his brain, I mean, mm -hmm. what a talented, talented mind. He writes, directs, creates, acts, writes all his shit, performs, can dance, has this when he performs, he like, you feel him on that stage. Like, I don't know what better way mm -hmm. to say, like you, you could go to a lot of performances, but when he's on stage, you feel his love, his soul, his energy, his heart. Um, Miguel is also quite like that on stage as well. I love Miguel and he's so, so sweet. His wife's so sweet, they're both amazing. Um, and who else? Uh, uh, me and Snoop are always talking because we're friends to do a song together. So when we do, I'm gonna be really, really hyped about it. Mm -hmm. um, and God, Big Sean, YG. Those are my two, just little Wayne, obviously has always gotta go first. Big Sean, YG, these, these three is just, uh, I wanna work with them. I love these rappers, <laughs> them. <laughs> what do you love about them so much? Oh my God, what don't I? The way that Big Sean has a way to flip his lyricism where he'll say one thing and mean three things while saying one is mm -hmm. so smart. I also love that in film, when people can make an audience, if three people are watching the movie, everyone thinks what just happened, they think something different about it or they think something mm -hmm. different happen next i love that not just two people are like oh yeah 
I know what's gonna happen next or this will probably happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of the same with music. The way he does it is he's always, you know, kind of flipping you on your head. You think he's about to say something else and then he does it. And his, he just has this, like, why does every song he produced why is, why are they all bangers? Like, my goodness, bro, they're all fucking bangers. What <laughs> the hell? And I think um, a woman that's not getting enough credit right now in the music industry is Bia. She's fucking mm -hmm. amazing. I love Bia. She is like, uh, oh God. And she's just so smart and cool and interesting. And she finds, uh, uh, again, an interesting way to say what she wants to say. I don't want to mm -hmm. just listen to you know what a lot of rap is now which you know rap really is poetry that's that's mm -hmm. its original part and then obviously throughout time it's turned into so many things and right now the biggest thing is the you know the the shake your ass bangers which we love we love them mm -hmm. like, like yes bitch feel fabulous but you know i love going with the rap poetry shit you know people mm -hmm. finding a really interesting thing to say even if they tie it up it sounds like a banger they still are finding interesting lyricism to put behind that and that's how i write a lot i'm always thinking of mm, no i don't want to say that because i just want to say something that really just makes you think Oh, really want to make you think and hopefully with the rest of my music coming out people will really understand that from me and be like okay when when bella does anything she wants to make you think she doesn't want you to just agree or think it's amazing or hate it completely she wants you to think about it and that's always where my artistry lies mm. so i was talking to your friend tyler posey the other day oh love tyler content x you know my production studio that's yeah, yeah. Also, Tyler's on. We shoot uh, his content and whatnot. And, you know, we're doing this for a lot of people. And it's so fun for me to get to invest in something that one I love. I love production, right? I love mm -hmm. music. And I love even working with... <sighs> I know so many other directors and when someone comes to me and they're like, I'm looking for this and I know it's not me, not that I should direct it. I'm like, oh, calling up all my director friends. Okay, I've got this artist, I've got this person. They want you to do this music or do this, you know, what do you think about creative here? What about this? And I just love doing that with this company and the company is just completely outgrown itself so quickly has you know again i self-finance everything and you know to have a company that completely finances itself within five months of being up i'm like when have you heard that like when have <laughs> you heard that so when i called my business manager and he was like no Bella, now content x fully runs itself you don't have to worry i was like what? I thought I was going to have to do this for another two years to really like, you know, struggle of building this company and spending so much money on it and music videos and these shoots and everything. And oh, man, does it make me feel good and relaxed. <laughs> so, what, so when are you going to open your full-fledged studio? When are you going to have the Bella Thorne lot somewhere in Hollywood? Oh my God, no one's ever asked me that. You're amazing. Um, 
hopefully by the time I'm like 27. That's soon. Yeah, I'm 23. Yeah, got four years. Uh-huh. I got four years to open up my own studio a lot. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like finally signing my production deal on my show that I wrote, that I created, that is my baby that I've been writing since I was 18. And I'm just like, this show is my literal, all my children. The show is all my children. <laughs> and uh, I'm just so thankful to the universe, thankful to my agents at CAA, thankful to my manager, thankful that people read my scripts and they say, you know what, I'm going to give this girl some hope here and and I'm going to help, you know, I'm going to believe right now, I'm going to believe in this writing, like, you know, and I'm just got Nancy Jones, Alon, Shauna, like, I'm just so thankful that someone took the chance to believe and now we're here signing deals and hopefully in the next four months I can actually really announce it and and Mm. talk about what it is and I like I'm just man I'm just so happy in my life right now I'm doing everything I've ever wanted to do and I'm so happy doing it and and I'm just just so thankful to to the universe and every single religion out there I'm just thankful to every god on every planet man I'm just so thankful (laughs) was there was there Fuck Thanksgiving. <laughs> was there ever a time that you thought you wouldn't be able to have the success that you wouldn't be able to be this happy? Oh yeah, there's so many times that I just, you know, happiness is a really hard thing for me. And I, mm-hmm. I always, you know, I know that when I win an Oscar, and that being one of my biggest dreams since I was a little girl, that I will be so happy. Okay. And <laughs> when I do certain things in life, I will be so happy, but it's not these things that I need to really find my happiness in. It's that every day breathing in and out of happiness that should kind of like resign inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that it was just a multitude of things I needed to mm-hmm. at once. You know, I've always wanted a really close relationship with my family. And I have that now. I always wanted a partner that I could grow with, build a family with, and know that this person, I can fully trust them to my core. And I hate dating, man. I don't like going on dates. I don't like talking to people. So, you know, long-term relationship kind of girl. So now here I have someone who's asked me to marry them that I'm so in love with that I couldn't even like, I'm like, you're the person I imagine my whole future with. And I, I, I have you here and I'm so thankful. Mm. I have, I'm finally getting able to write and direct and finance all my stuff. Like I didn't think financially that would like, I thought that that would take me so long to be able to finance the projects that I want to do finance the shorts that I want to see on that screen, like, and direct them and produce them and find create like they're, I never, man, I thought this would take so long. And here's all these things right on my platter at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just so happy. I'm just, you know, so, so happy. And I, I didn't, I didn't know when that would happen to me, really. I, mm. I thought it would take, you know, and I know that obviously depression, everything that I struggle with will, you know, always kind of be a part of my life. 
But what I always think is when those terrible days come, I'm just like, I know in three days it'll be better. And I just have the support now with my family and my love to Mm -hmm. think it, feel it and be like, okay, I'm just going to wait it out until I feel better, you know? How often are you hearing from other young queer kids saying, thank you for being you. Thank you for being out. Thanks for just living your truth. All the fucking time. It makes me so happy. And I think that the book really helped this so much. Like the now everyone, when they come up to me, they're not like, oh, you know, my favorite movie. They're like, oh my God, your book. And it's usually the kids that have been soul crushed throughout time, told mm. they themselves, told they couldn't be this, that, and everything else but themselves. And it's like, man, when I talk to these kids, it just like, it just makes me like so, just so happy that they feel this connection and that they feel heard when they come up to me, the strength, the ballsiness to come up to me and tell me your story already, just like always makes me so baffled when Mm. when people come up to me, I'm like so impressed that they are gonna tell me right now this super fucked up shit that is so hard to tell anyone. And they're gonna tell me, thank you. And when I was reading your book, that like changed my mindset 100%. I felt like I could breathe and it's just, it's every single reason why I put out the fucking book (laughs) and it really did like honesty. I think honesty is the strongest form of currency. It is, is just, and when you have it with your fans, there's like, it's, it's, I can't describe how special it is. Like I can't put that into words to, to even describe this. It's so crazy. I'm, I'm so like, just happy with, with, with all of that. Like, it just makes me so proud and happy that, you know, when I came out on Twitter, you know, that was before it was super, super normal to, you know, be out. It was more, and especially in Hollywood. And I remember it was hard with jobs. It was hard with people in meetings. You know, and I can't even imagine being a gay man because people look at me and they go, oh, well, you know, she fucks men too. So it's okay. You know, because I'm pants and I'm like, okay. And they're like, okay, well, you know what? She'll just basically fuck anything, I guess. So it's, it's fine. But, you know, when you only do one thing, it's like, God, people look like, I just can't imagine the pain that so many people that I've looked up to and worshiped for years have gone through in this industry, wanting to be themselves. And I'm just so happy that like, I remember everyone calling me at that time when I posted that on Twitter (laughs) and everyone was like, Bella, do you know what you just did though? Like, do you know how this is gonna affect you? And I was like, what's it matter? And they were like, what's it matter? And I was like, I mean, don't cut my head off, but yeah, what does it matter? Like if I can't be, and I was like, also don't be an idiot. They're going to get photos of me. Someone's going to pat me making out with that girl. Someone's going to fucking say something like, it, like I'm not a liar. They're going to see it. It's going to blow up. Like, what do you, 
I can't, wait, you, you're expecting me to lie my whole life? Is this what I'm hearing on the phone right now? Like, what's it matter? Yeah, what's it fucking matter? Like, even if it sucks for a little bit, like, at least I did it and I don't have to lie anymore or worry about it, you know? So yeah, honesty, 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 honesty. And my fans give me honesty just like 100% of the time. That was Bella Thorne. Thanks for listening to this week's Just for Variety. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all the latest in Hollywood news, head over to Variety.com. 